welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by Brent. Hello. And Ski. Hello, also. You know, actually, I need to start that over, okay? Okay. Sorry. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and I'm joined by Ski. Hello. And Penis Weenus. <laughs> Hello, also. <laughs> That's a, a reference to a picture that Brent sent me uh, mm-hmm. recently. He was on a date with his wife mm-hmm. in uh, in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and someone had written on one of the uh, one of the booth benches of mm-hmm. penis weenus, and yeah. so he sent me a picture of that. And, <laughs> I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. So, yeah. But yeah. So that's that's his alias, but his true name, Brent, um, is also here joining <laughs> me. Whenever I need a um, uh, fake name or something for work, like if I'm creating an account in a system or something like that, like a test account, right? I always use um, Studs Nerdlinger. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good alias. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if if you ever go missing, and I'm like, I don't think he's really dead. Like if it's somewhere you're presumed mm-hmm. dead, yeah, I should Star look for, for that name yeah. to pop yeah, up somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> um, I always use Studs Nerdlinger as my alter ego, but I used to have this thing to make Helena laugh. Like whenever we would go to a Starbucks in a different city and they'd ask me what my name was for my cup i would always always tell them lando <laughs> <laughs> and then like every once in a while they'd be like really and i was like yeah my parents are big star wars fans and then they'd be okay with it uh. <laughs> but for the most part they just write lando yeah. on the cup <laughs> yeah let's say i think in most uh, of those kind of jobs it's you're already so dead inside. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've worked in many of those kind of jobs yeah. in the past that sometimes that ray of sunshine can come through, yeah. <laughs> but not always. Yeah. So, uh, well, today we are going to be going over season three, episode eight, Brotherly Love, mm-hmm. doing our normal format with Ski giving the recap yep. and us talking about our favorite lines yep. and giving our MVPs at the end, mm-hmm. as well as our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake okay. as we work towards determining the best episode of the entire series yes we are so with that i'll go ahead and turn it over to ski oh go ahead oh can i just say something real quick yeah definitely so at the time of this recording Mm -hmm. um things are getting really really hairy in sweden so numi you know stay strong yeah yeah definitely so um one of our uh, very favorite listeners so i I definitely hope that she's she's safe and doing well over there so outside of your wife she's probably my favorite well that's uh, i would say that's a fair that definitely is definitely a fair assessment Um, I mean, she's been the one who's who's reached out to us by far the most. Yes, exactly. We, we have some other great listeners as well, you know, yeah. that have left us reviews and reached out to us on Twitter and such. Yeah. But uh, she's certainly been the our, most prolific. Yes, yeah. by far. So. You know who my least favorite listener is? Me. Oh, I was going to say pick me. Oh. You just left us hanging. That's not fair at all, though. I mean, pick he was going to be our guest, our I first ever guest. <laughs> I didn't reach out to him, so it's not Pickme's fault at all that he's not our first guest. <laughs> uh, like I said, I mean, I, I don't believe that Pickme is able to continually keep up with all the podcasts that he reviews because it would be, you know, nigh on impossible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't hold that. And he's someone who's given us a teeny bit of exposure with his podcast. So yeah, I don't have any. I have no issues with you, Pickme. So mm-hmm. if you're still out there, listen or not. I'm not sure if I want our first co-host to be doing such a half-assed job. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we did have one uh, little comment for me to mention to you from Sherry uh, oh, yeah, on nice. one of our recent episodes. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that we introduced you to Sleepaway Camp. Yes. Uh, and she said that actually what it was, that's only partially true, because <laughs> she said you actually bought her the box set as a gift. Yeah, that's and, right. And so you kind of introduced us, and we introduced you at the yeah. same time. So. Gotcha. So yeah, so we both take uh, some 
you know, responsibility for that. Very nice. Although I think Sherry had seen Sleepaway Camp when she was younger and already yeah. been extolling the virtues mm-hmm. of it yeah. um, prior to us. Yeah, and that's why I got it for her. It wasn't just like out of the blue. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we went through a period of time where we were really into horror movies, like even the, you know, I don't know, below average ones. Like mm-hmm. B-movie uh, style? Yeah. And, well, there's, there's B-movies which are great in their own right mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. with their campiness and whatnot. But I don't know any more. There's just so many entertainment options that mm-hmm. if it's not something that's been pretty well received by the general public yeah. or highly recommended Why by someone almost? I trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I'm not going to just watch something because maybe it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's a horror movie, that's a good movie. Then great. You know, yeah. like Get Out was great. And uh, other recent ones, um, mm-hmm. you know, have been have been awesome. But. That said, I'm just not going to take a flyer on some random horror movie if yeah. it's gotten a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, anyway, so okay. well, with that little exposition there, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski to start a recap. I will. Yeah. And first, I want to know, is Studs Nerdlinger yeah. something original, or is he, did you get it from something? No, I made it up. I, I thought you probably did. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, real quick. Um, I think Homer Simpson at some point had said Nerdlinger. Oh, okay. Like he called somebody a Nerdlinger. Um, so that's where that came from. But as far as it being a surname, okay. that was all me. <laughs> yeah, and adding the studs to the exactly. beginning. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it's nice of you to give credit where it's due. I don't want to yeah. get an angry uh, message from a Simpsons fan saying, exactly. hey, wait a second, Nerdlinger is from that. <laughs> exactly. And Brent is a liar. <laughs> exactly. You know, Castellaneta52 at Yahoo.com. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, if that was the comment we got, then I'd be extremely happy. Um, But I would have to assume that Dan Caplanetta probably doesn't have his own name in his email. (laughs) You never know. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so you ready to kick us off, Ski? Sure thing. All right. Season three, episode eight. Uh, The episode title is Brotherly Love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Original air date was November 14th, 1987. This one was written by Jerry or Jeffrey Farrow and... Frederick Weiss, or it's Weiss, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Mm W-E-I-S-S. And directed by Terry Hughes. (laughs) We open up in the... Go ahead. Um, So those two dudes, um, they both wrote for uh, Mr. Belvedere. Oh, okay. And I was trying to find out if they wrote the episode of Mr. Belvedere when he sat on his nuts. (laughs) 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 I couldn't figure that out. (laughs) Do you know, did you know which specific episode he sat on his nuts was? No, and that's why I was researching to find out, like, Mm. which episode was that and did these guys write it? Well, if you really cared enough about the podcast, then you would have gone through and watched all the episodes until you found the one and then (laughs) cross-referenced it back. I mean, Mr. Belvedere was only like three or four years long, wasn't it? <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think they left it in the, oh, so, the episode. Ah, so this is something that was not part of the episode? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere sat down on his nuts and, and screamed in pain, and they called him out on his dredger. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought that it was like a part, part of, the of the episode where he's like, oh, I hurt my, you no, know. No, no, my groin the actor himself <laughs> sat down too hard on his nuts. Ah. Man, he must have really, uh, I don't know. I know that as you get older, they yeah. do hang lower. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I did not know about that story at all, yeah. so. 
I feel like you talking about Mr. Belvedere sitting on his nuts has come up one other time before. So I don't know if at that time I assumed it was just a plot line or well, if you explained it then and I've just forgotten since then. a very special Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. They just show him in pain and being carried out on the stretcher. Exactly. Bob Euchre telling him it'll be okay. Right. <laughs> well, the fact that you'd uh, reference the writers also yeah. made me think, was that part of the plot line? How'd how they work that in? I mean, that would be some fine acting, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we can go ahead with that recap now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you ever watch that documentary on the the Dana Carvey show? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Did you? Was that that was something you recommended at some yeah. point? Was and yeah. 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 You recommend a lot of things that, uh, yeah. and I definitely hope that I, I've definitely taken your recommendation on yeah. several things, but yeah. you know, unfortunately, time is just yeah. a, a limited commodity. Yeah. Um, are you are you up to date on WandaVision at this point? I am. Okay. I am. But we won't really talk about it here or yeah. in front of Ski for that matter because yeah, he hasn't sorry. gotten his uh, Disney Plus hooked up yet. We're very close, <laughs> so. actually. Oh, all right. <laughs> he was going to do it today, but he had to help a third cousin move. Yeah, that's true. Third co- <laughs> it was a friend of a third cousin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And by friend, I mean it was someone who paid the third cousin to find somebody mm-hmm. to help him move. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are you caught up on your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. No, we still need to finish up that final season. Well, we, I mean, I still need to finish it yeah. up. Okay. So I hope to, though. I mean, I definitely will absolutely do it at some point, but yeah. I hope to, yeah. I don't know, get it done before the end of the summer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You know, yeah. well, I really don't have a good excuse either because mm-hmm. I guess I've just allowed other shows to get in the way of it because yeah. it's not like there's even that many new things that mm-hmm. have come out, you yeah. know, in the interim. But yeah, so I'm sorry. I, eventually, okay. you and I will get to discuss that. Okay, and perhaps we'll do it on this podcast. Maybe. So. Besides watching our Golden Girls, the only thing I've been watching lately, like almost exclusively, is to finish up The Sopranos. Oh, really? We're on the last season now, though. So. Yeah, we. Um, Sherry and I have been watching American Gods. Have you ever watched any of that? I've heard of it. It's pretty pretty good. It's good, but it's kind of weird. Um, I mean, it's there's a lot of characters in it, Mm -hmm. and at least at the point we're still very early on in the series, and so we're still not fully been filled in on what the hell's going on. So it's interesting and it's good, Mm -hmm. but it's uh, you know I think it takes probably a whole season to really get fully invested in it, unless of course you had read the comics or you know the source material it came from, then you'd. Probably, I think it was from graphic novels or something from something, Neil yeah. Gaiman or something. But. Yeah. I like the David Tennant. I mean, I would definitely watch it. Just for him. him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not appeared so far. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Good Omens. Oh, okay. Well, the then American... he'll never appear. <laughs> yeah, he's not American <laughs> Gods at all. Well, now you got me excited for a second. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I enjoy the actors that are in this so far. Um, yeah. It's got the... Uh, Craggly face dude. <laughs> yep. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Ian are, McShane? Are you talking about the lead actor in it, kind of? Yeah. Uh, I don't know his name. Um, he was but in he is Game of Thrones, face. right? He was on Deadwood, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is that guy. So. Yeah. He was on Game of Thrones, too, right? Uh, you mean the, sec- the sequel? The sequel? Game of sequel? Thrones, too. Electric so. Boogaloo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't remember him in Game of Thrones, but he very well could have been. You're talking, talking about, about the older sequel. gentleman, right? You mean the, the older g- gentleman in, in American Gods? Yes. I don't think Ian McShane was on. Game I don't of remember Thrones. him from Game of Thrones. Uh, well, there was a guy on, on American Gods. This is commercials I've seen. Okay. This is, this is purely on commercials. Uh, but he was uh, in Game of Thrones with the Hound. 
Like when the hound like was found like half dead. Oh, okay. I it's possible. Um, yeah, I don't remember the guy's if name. If he was, I don't think he was a main Jason character. Momoa. Say yeah. what? Jason Momoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, I think you're probably thinking about uh, uh, Maisie Williams. That's it. Yeah. That's the that's eyebrows. It. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, he very well could have been. I mean, any any actor. Uh, I mean, Game of Thrones had quite a few actors that were in it of note. So. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Like I never watched the Games of the Thrones, mm-hmm. um, but. She popped up in um, a couple episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, really? And she was really, really good in them. I'm looking and, forward to seeing her in New Mutants, even though I'd heard it's well, not a good movie. That's what I was going to say. Like, so I really liked her, you know, in her Doctor Who arc. Um, and then I was like, okay. So I was like, I'll probably like her in New Mutants. And she wasn't as good in that. Mm, that's so, a shame. Maybe it was just the material. Yeah, I think that was a big hunk of it. With. I mean, I'm still glad I watched it and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, she wasn't. Nobody was the best part of that. Yeah. So. Well, that's a shame. So now are we ready for Ski to go on? Sure. Okay. <laughs> are you ready to go on now, Ski? He's eating know. a pocket taco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know. Pocket oh, taco. I, I think he's over there texting or something like that because it, it does look like he's looking at something that would be just off the table. Like, just oh. double checking. He w- was w- in w- Game w- of Thrones. I was. Ian McShane, yeah. Oh, okay. Ian McShane was in Game of Thrones? Uh, I think one season. Oh. I think, but I don't, I think he, he wasn't a major pretty character. Quick. So. Um, Did he, he was, play the mountain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the most of the series, he was you know under a hood. So. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> I can't think of the dude's name, and it's driving me crazy. Um, Which dude? The guy that always dies. Oh, uh, Kenny. <laughs> no, he, he's talking about Sean Bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's in the Game of the Thrones too, right? Mm-hmm, he is. Yeah, he dies in a lot of things. Yeah, so. it's a good actor though. Yeah. So he deserves to be in a lot of things. Maybe they should keep him around a little longer. Mm-hmm, exactly. Things He's got a busy him. schedule. He's got to die yeah, before maybe. he get on to the next project. That could be. Maybe it's in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do it, but only for a certain <laughs> amount of episodes. <laughs> then I've got to die All and right. go on. He'd be a good villain for Jack Reacher 3. Mm. Was there a Jack Reacher 2? Did yeah. you and I see it together in the theater? No, I oh, watched okay. it on my own. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember watching Jack Reacher the first one and being very pleasantly surprised with it. The second one's just as great. Real, it really solidified my fandom of Tom Cruise as an actor. Mm-hmm. As a human, a little bit of an oddball, but yeah. as an actor, yeah. he's just he is probably the best action star mm-hmm. of all time at this point, wouldn't you think? He's up there. I mean, because yeah. w- just when you think about the longevity of his career yeah. and oh, the fact yeah. that he's still a really good yeah. action star even later, mm-hmm. late-ish, you know, yeah. in his... I was kind of mobile life. I've yeah. been really looking forward to the new Maverick when it mm-hmm. comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was supposed here. to come out this past summer, yeah. I think. But mm-hmm. and the next COVID. Mission Impossible too. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. They've all been great. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to think of someone when you combine the quality of his work and mm-hmm. the quantity of his work. Correct. Uh, it'd be hard to find someone who beat, beats him in that. Yeah, so. can't think of one. Had you guys heard his uh, provision to do another Top Gun? Uh. Uh-uh. He had to been trained to uh, fly a, a fighter jet, I guess, was, oh, his, okay. was his condition. That makes sense, honestly. I mean, it, it tracks. Does, I mean, it, when your license s- expire from the first time? Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe before he didn't have the full license to do it. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, I would say that when you are that rich and that famous, <laughs> you're just looking for something Some that's going to yeah. yeah, be exciting to what you. What else can I put on my checkbox? <laughs> right. He's like, I'll buy my own F-15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Just, just need somebody to show me how to start it up. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I'm sure that the uh, Church of Scientology can use it for something after he's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they write exactly. it off on his taxes as a church donation. Right. Exactly. Transfer souls to Theta. <laughs> right. <laughs> but only for the ones that need to get there fast. So Exactly. So go ahead. Ski. You can go Brotherly ahead. Brotherly love. love. Yeah. So we know who directed it and wrote it. So we're good to go on the actual scenes. Had I said where it begins? No, I don't believe so. Kitchen. Kitchen. Oh, okay. Kitchen. <laughs> Had you said the original guessing. air date? Oh, November yeah. November 14th, 1987. Oh, okay. He remembered it perfectly. Yeah. Excellent job. Yeah. Was there was there anything related to that date that caused it to stick in your mind? Uh, two things. Okay. One is, just on a personal note, five days later I turned 11. Hmm. Very nice. And then the other thing is uh, three years and 11 days prior to that, um, Jackson Five's victory tour hit Miami. Okay, <laughs> boy, uh, you really had a stretch. <laughs> but I'm glad that we have those two things established. <laughs> All right, well now that we have that bit of hot trivia um, covered, <laughs> oh, we'll be quizzing you guys later. <laughs> yeah. So, see, they're in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, Sophia is in the kitchen. She's sitting at the table, uh, and Dorothy walk. Uh, come, she's in there with her, sits down when Blanche enters through the back door, uh, holding a paper bag, which she kind of slams down on the little island countertop area. Right. Dorothy, uh, you know, t- can Were tell you what's wrong. Were you giving us a little foley work there? <laughs> is that what you slamming something down? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, she asks Blanche what's wrong, and uh, Blanche explains that. Wait, I thought the, she said it was Sophia and then Dorothy. Well, Sophia and Dorothy at the table. Gotcha. And Blanche oh, okay. comes Blanche in, pissed in. off. I thought you were saying that Dorothy walked yeah, in, I and I was a little confused <laughs> looking Sorry. at my notes. No. Well, I'm glad you guys said something because I might have said it wrong. Okay. So, Dor- so we got Dorothy and Sophia at the table. Yes. Blanche walks in, and slams down the bag. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she uh, explains to them both, you know, when they ask what's up, that uh, the man she's been seeing, that apparently claimed to be a lawyer, actually worked at the A and P grocery store. Uh, as a fruit waxer. Yeah, what is a fruit waxer? Um, I mean, I assume there's somebody who like sprays down things or whatever, but who's actually waxing the fruit? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I actually meant to look that up, and I kind of forgot about it, but I wonder if that's like a prolonging process, like a, something to preserve fruit. Yeah. It's the air from like, it's not exposed to the air. So yeah, potentially. Hmm. I mean, it's one of those things, though, like I'm not sure how much they're paying for a wax and waxing. Right. But no wonder they're charging so much for their loin of pork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they have to keep the fruit and wax. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They got to make that money up somehow. Well, you know, Blanche asks why they feel, you know, why men in general feel like they need to put on false pretenses. And Sophia had a great comeback. She uh, quips back quickly this from the woman who wears more padding on her chest than Johnny Bench. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Johnny Bench had been retired a few years yeah. <laughs> at this time, hadn't he? So yeah. maybe not as much at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just to put a put this to rest, fruit waxing is the process of covering fruits with artificial waxing materials. Mm-hmm. Natural wax is removed first, usually by washing, followed by a coating of biological or petroleum-derived wax. Mm-hmm. Potentially allergenic proteins may be combined with shellac. <laughs> so... <laughs> Think when you see a nice shiny piece of fruit, just uh, you know, keep in mind that yeah, that may have a little shellac on it. So I know I think that may actually be part of why they tell you to wash fruit. Also, oh, just to wash off the the, the added chemicals to it, yeah. not just the not just the farmer chemicals from mm-hmm. 
pesticides and whatnot. So suddenly makes more sense why Ski wanted me to schlack his banana. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted it preserved. Exactly. That's right. It, I might not eat it right away. <laughs> Could sit on the counter for days. You right. Know? Now yeah. I'll be safe. You don't have a special bowl you put it in? <laughs> <laughs> only on a special occasion. Only on a wedding night. <laughs> That's a good, that was a good callback. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know. Sophia slings that one at her, and Blanche kind of shrugs off the comment as uh, Rose walks into the kitchen as well in her pajamas and robe. Uh, she tells the girls kind of passively that she doesn't have time for breakfast and she has to head to work. Uh, seeing that she's not dressed, of, of course, Dorothy tries to uh, remind her that she's forgetting something. Uh, still kind of groggy and not you know, fully functional, she apologizes to the girls, comes back and kisses Dorothy on the head, calling her mama. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy reminds her, you know, who she is, and we find out that Rose hasn't been able to sleep for the past three months or three nights at right. this point. <laughs> three months—that'd be crazy. Yeah. But uh, Blanche asks if she's tried drinking warm milk before bed, but uh, Rose says that she can't do that as it reminds her too much of when her cousin fell into a vat of milk when she was younger. Mm-hmm. This was an odd comment. You know, apparently he wasn't injured, but this event actually gave birth to a community event. The St. Olaf Milk Diving Tournament. Now, why would her thinking of this non-traumatic, really, event cause her to not want to drink warm milk at night? I wondered the same thing. It doesn't really, it doesn't really connect. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. Well, number one, it seems like any kind of milk, any time of day, would remind her of such an event because <laughs> it wasn't specifically like yeah. he fell into a boiling vat of milk. Yeah. Um, he didn't die or something right. crazy. <laughs> so, well, it gets weirder because Rose apparently won the tournament three times in a row. I don't think she's in a row, but three times Mm -hmm. in the low-fat division. Right. (laughs) I guess the contest was ultimately discontinued when people were uh, discovered to be dipping Oreos into the winner's swim trunks. Ah, yeah. That was a dumb line at the end for uh, yeah. generally kind of fun. I'm not really exactly sure story. what that meant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume that it's some sort of a, you know, Me Too movement kind of a <laughs> circumstance, but... Uh, at this point, the doorbell rings, and all the girls say they'll go get it because Rose's store is getting kind of weird. Mm. Uh, Sophia heads out the door first uh, into the from the kitchen, and uh, Blanche and uh, Dorothy stay behind at that point. Blanche asks why Rose doesn't try a sleeping pill, and Rose explains that you know they make her you know loopy, and she'll say silly things. Dorothy comments sarcastically that uh, they wouldn't want anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sophia opens the door, and uh, it's Stan at the door with his little his younger brother Ted, who I don't think we've ever met before, have we? No, no, never even mentioned before, for yeah. that matter. So uh, he's visiting from out of town. Uh, Sophia gives Stan her signature warm greeting of "What do you want?" They kind of bicker back and forth for a minute, and Stan explains that you know Ted was there and he was going to see Dorothy. Ted greets Sophia, reminding her that uh, he had danced with her at uh, their wedding previously and she asked where he was when they got divorced as she was looking for someone to uh, dance partner at that point <laughs> yeah there was a great line in there that she had skimmed over because when he walks in you know sophia's there first and he says right. i have a surprise for dorothy oh yeah yeah and and this is maybe my favorite line of the episode and sophia says to him what now you're off with the blood pressure medicine and it's working again uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it was great that she didn't need to say what it was yeah. but it was very clear that she was well, then yeah. he even goes on and he says, did uh, Dorothy tell you everything about our life? Right. And she says, well, no, 
I didn't know you. She was uh, pregnant till four days after the wedding. <laughs> right. But uh, so yeah, she, he reminds her that you know, they danced together at uh, the wedding. That was, I guess, their one connection. Right. Thirty six years earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's been a while. Uh, the other girls then enter and uh, the living room, and Dorothy, her face brightens up when she sees uh, Ted. Goes over to give him a hug. Uh, when Stan basically asks for you know, hello, also, uh, she tells him he can go hug a landmine. Uh, he looks away, kind of dejected. Stan introduces his brother to the other girls, telling them that he just flew in from uh, Minneapolis. Rose, of course, being loopy still, says, Minneapolis, Minnesota? And Sophia interjects, no, Minneapolis, France. And Rose explains that, you know, she's from Minnesota. And Ted then says, you know, he is too, of course. Again, don't you feel like this is it was just mildly agitating to me <laughs> is that we've never heard of ted okay fine like why would we necessarily have heard of ted uh, you know uh stan's brother um there's no good reason we would have heard of him before <laughs> but then the fact that they're apparently both from minnesota um <laughs> and that that would have never come up to where rose would know that you know the ex-husband who has stayed in their house multiple times <laughs> As far as ex-husbands go in their lives, yeah. you know, hails from the same state that she does. Uh, perhaps he just means currently from yeah. there, not you know from there at birth. Yeah, it's funny because I had the same conversation with Nicole. Well, Ski was born in Ohio, right? Yeah, um, but I'm definitely from Indiana. In my yeah, opinion. but I mean, you've spent literally since you have any, you have no memories of Ohio, right? No, like you're in Ohio too. What about a year old? I don't even know. Like so, I lived in Ohio when I was born. For probably a pretty brief point, uh, my brother Brian was born uh, in Maryland. Oh, okay. So we moved away for a little bit. I want to say I probably we probably moved to Indiana when I was four or five. Okay, so you have six. some memories then of pre-Indiana? Not really, no. Okay, but it's. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, finish her. I was just gonna say I have very faint memories of maybe riding on my mom, back of my mom's bike. Mm-hmm. She had a little kid mm-hmm. seat and stuff. And I know Brian and my little sister use it too, but I just remember like faint memories, like real back in the day kind of thing, just right. riding on the back. And those, I don't know, memories are not real dependable anyway. Well, so yeah. I wonder if my brain manufactured those. <laughs> well, what about you? Were born in Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised. So I, <clears throat> I have no excuse if I said I was from someplace else. So if you, you know, moved but, today mm-hmm. to Florida, okay, mm-hmm. or wherever. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't see you for 40 years. Would you say you're from Florida? <laughs> if I was meeting you for the first time, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say I was from Florida. And then I may tack on, but originally from oh, Indiana, okay. you know. But to go back to what Ski was saying, and this is something that just really rubs me the wrong way, Illinois and their whole land of Lincoln bullshit. Oh. Because, um, like, Lincoln... Just <laughs> claim it. Exactly. He's ours. Fuckers. Um, like, like he was born in Kentucky, okay? And then, like, they moved here to Indiana, mm-hmm. okay? And he was in Indiana from, like, time he was, like, six until he was, like, 21 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they've got multiple, like, his, sites like, in Indiana. Yeah, that are, like, like, all of his formative years, like, what made him the person he is happens here. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up in Illinois when he's 22. And they're like, land of Lincoln. Well, so is that when he entered Malarkey. government then? Yeah. So mm-hmm. so all of his well, government experience would be starting in yeah, Illinois. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think land of Lincoln is a fair moniker exactly. to, to try to claim. Don't get me wrong. It. I get it. He's probably the greatest president in our history. I, I think it's... Most people would agree with that. 
So I can understand the desire to try to steal a little piece of that. Uh, yeah, kind of latch on. You know, listen, if you want to be land of Jordan, by all means, you know, Michael Jordan spent his best basketball years there. Um, <laughs> I'm sure North Carolina would disagree with you. Well, they might, but I think that there'd be at least an argument, whereas I don't know if there's a fair argument to say the land of Lincoln. Um, I don't know, didn't, like, Washington, couldn't they make a claim too? You mean as being the land of Lincoln or the land of Jordan? Jordan. No, definitely not, because he'd had no real success in Washington. So he won six championships in Chicago. He won NCAA championship in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He didn't win shit in Washington. (laughs) 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 If anything, he mildly tarnished his reputation for a short while. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, nothing against the, you know, Wizards fans at all Mm -hmm. um, or the Wizards organization. But I don't think that Washington, D.C. could claim Claim Jordan at all. (laughs) So. But anyways, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. we implore you, Illinois, give up the land of Lincoln moniker and <laughs> move on to one of your other fine citizens. Ebert. Roger Ebert. Ebert. So you think they should be the land of Ebert? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty big step down. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, oh, no. I think Roger Ebert is probably my all-time favorite pundit. <laughs> Well, even still, you're saying, oh, no, your favorite pundit is not a significant step down from the nation's greatest president? I'm saying six of one, half dozen of the other. This is usually one of my favorite sidebars. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't I can't get on board with you there. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's somebody, you know, in fairness, I don't think your greatest athlete should be the land of that person either probably <laughs> there's there's probably someone who's contributed more to the world um or but, even illinois in general well, yeah more to illinois for sure you know it seems like you know they could very easily be the uh, land of obama at this point couldn't they oh yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah because he yeah i mean he was there just as much as lincoln was yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> think it over or you know what are, what are illinois i know Illinesians? Illini, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 maybe? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know there's the fight in Illini, like their, uh, their, you know, basketball team is definitely, or, you know, the college mm-hmm. goes by that moniker, so that may be their nickname. I mean, we have Hoosiers. I guess he's actually a Buckeye. Mm-hmm. Um, Technically true, yeah. I don't have any idea what Maryland is called either. So, anyways. So, oh. he was born in Salisbury, Maryland. Salisbury. Was. Oh, okay. So, he's a stake. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, anyways, so where were we at, Ski? I know that uh, Stan is already in there, oh, and, and they've introduced there's, him. There's this little uh, wordplay going on where, you know, she says she's from Minnesota because Ted said he's from Minneapolis. <laughs> then Sophia says, no, stupid, Minneapolis, France. Mm-hmm. And then Rose says, oh, I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. And Ted's like, well, I am too, kind of yeah. correcting. And so she's yeah. like, oh, did you go, you know, from France or from Minnesota to France and then move here? Yeah. Or, or I forget how yeah. she said it but exactly, but something yeah. on those lines. Yeah. Rose politely excuses herself at that point. Because <laughs> uh, she's got <laughs> she's got to get ready for work. I think uh, Dorothy says, welcome to my life or something to that, to <laughs> yeah. that extent. And uh, Ted asks, you know, what she does because she has to go. And uh, Dorothy uh, says that she's Gary Hart's campaign manager. Uh, Gary Hart, for anyone who doesn't know, was a front runner for the 1988 Democratic pre- presidential bid, but removed himself after rumors of an affair surfaced. Right. Yeah, that was an excellent line, though. <laughs> and uh, of course, because Rose is still wearing her pajamas at that point. Yeah. Dorothy uh, continues saying that uh, it doesn't pay much, but you don't have to go get out of bed to do it. Right. Yeah. 
Dorothy asks Ted why you know he's in town, and he replies that uh, he's there to hang out with his big brother, uh, the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> uh, Stan proudly points out that you know even as an adult, Ted still looks up to his big brother, and uh, Dorothy pours on the sarcasm at this point, saying, "Well, he certainly should." You know, Ted's only a doctor and respected member of his community, but Stan was the quote king of padded toilet seats. <laughs> Uh, Stan, though, does remind Dorothy that, you know, selling those seats helped out uh, quite a bit when they were younger, put their daughter through college. Sophia pipes in and says that they helped her through quite a few <laughs> tough times, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sophia had a pretty solid episode. Yeah. You know, she, she, was, she wasn't in it a ton, but her lines were oh, yeah. stellar. Yeah, I mean, that, that's her main part of the show, in all I honesty, think so, yeah. is adding the zingers. And, you know, sometimes they're hit and sometimes they're missed. This one, it was a lot of hits. So. Yeah, I agree. And at that point, when she, she says her line, she exits. Uh, maybe they go use a padded toilet seat. It could oh. be. Uh, Blanche, you know, her ears perked up when she heard that Ted was a doctor. And uh, then, you know, she uh, asks about it. Stan brags that not only is he a doctor, he's one of the top neurosurgeons in the Midwest and is a real estate owner. He owns a few mini malls, apparently. Owns a few mini malls. Yeah. is a big deal, in my opinion. Now, listen, I get the idea of, like, you maybe have certain admiration or, or love or you can, you know, I don't know, a little bit of blindness to people who you care about. So I can see where he would still have, you know, strong feelings for Stan. You know, not that he would ever stop loving his brother or anything like that. Hmm. But to have, like, this weird sense of... Um, Looking up to him? Yeah, exactly, of admiration for him seems misplaced considering their vastly different circumstances. Agreed. Life. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's probably the, well, obviously the far more successful, but also probably far more intelligent of the two brothers. I would, I would argue more decent as well. Oh, well, certainly. I, I mean, mean, we say later on that he's not that much better in some regards. But. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, the fact that he's a brain surgeon, uh -huh. you know, I don't think you have to qualify that with, like, arguably he's more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen. I think it's just implied. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a really bad brain surgeon. Yeah, we don't know. We don't he know could have gotten <laughs> S through brain school. Uh, I tell you what, if you graduate last in your class from brain salad school, <laughs> you're still probably still, still still smarter than the average Stan. Exactly. <laughs> king, but he was the king of padded toilet seats. That's yeah, true. that's true. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so keep that in mind, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Blanche comments that Ted's wife must be very proud of him. Putting an obvious feeler out there. Mm -hmm. uh, he responds that they're divorced, and Blanche, you know, feigns sympathy at the idea. Oh, I'm so sorry mm -hmm. to hear that. Uh, now Blanche is quite interested and gets up and uh, goes to sit next to, to Ted, even squeezing between him and Dorothy yeah. on the uh, couch. So what do you think Blanche and Stan talked about on their dates? <laughs> apparently not uh, <laughs> Apparently not the brother. Exactly. <laughs> or Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> but... I guess when you're as dull as Stan apparently is yeah. um, in your mind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it just was a very surface level conversations. Yeah. So. Maybe, uh, maybe what'd you have for dinner? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you're watching me eat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blanche Morla. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Just his own comment. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. A hard taco. You watch me eat it. <laughs> it was in my pocket. Uh, at this point, Blanche more or less invites herself to a date with Ted that evening. Mm. Uh, Stan tells his brother, though, that they've got to hurry, and they, uh, they're heading out the door. they got to get a good parking spot at the nude beach before the perverts arrive. Right. 
Uh, Blanche walks them out uh, the door saying, you know, see you tonight, doctor. Uh, Dorothy then gets up and uh, loudly states how embarrassing that was. Blanche agrees, but asks, you know, what could she do? He practically threw himself at me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea, though, that I think Blanche definitely uh, knows the, <laughs> the situation. But I like that she follows through with, uh, you know. Completely, you know innocent yeah well, that definitely false narrative <laughs> and sticks with it so you think that she uh does that to convince herself or no, just everyone around her i don't think she's even trying to convince anybody i just think she likes to play the part <laughs> you know so fair enough fair yeah. enough she's committed to the bit um well we change scenes kind of because mm-hmm. i mean we uh it's a change but it's the same location right blanche and ted are arriving back at the house following their date ted walks her uh, just inside the entryway and begins to kind of politely excuse himself for the evening. Uh, she invites him, though, to stay for a drink, and he responds that, you know, he doesn't want to put her out. And she says, uh, well, I like to put out. <laughs> <laughs> she realizes how that sounded, though, and smiles, but corrects herself, saying that, oh, no, it, it's no trouble. Ted sits at the uh, corner of the couch, and Blanche sits very uh, close to him, talking about how fascinating it must be to practice medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is very humble about the subject, uh, Blanche gets very flirty, though, and saying that she's feeling hot and asks what he thinks uh, might be causing that. Uh, he hilariously asks, you know, if she's checked her thermostat. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it down, but there's a funny little back and forth. So he asks, you know, have you checked her thermostat? And she says, why don't you check it for me? And he's like, well, where is it at? Yeah. And she's like, you were in med school for how many years? You can find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so she's definitely pouring it on. And she thinks med school is the equivalent to, like, heating and air conditioning repair. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be a darn good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He'd probably be one of the best in the business. I probably wouldn't have been able to open any mini, mall, any mini malls with that uh, yeah. HVAC money, but still. <laughs> I wonder how he would check her thermostat, though. So he's yeah. dirty. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) We could definitely go further with it. But, you know, although our podcast occasionally has some slightly blue material, I think we we tend to do a pretty good job of not stepping over the line. Swinging away from it. Not too far. Yeah. So if we start going into how he might take her temperature and whatnot, (laughs) I think it'll go in a direction that none of us are really that uh, keen to go. Well, no, later we find out that his thermometer doesn't even work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the blood pressure medicine. Right. <laughs> Damn heart meds. Exactly. Brothers, that's why I don't take mine. Right. <laughs> well, like, I'd good. rather die with a boner than live with exactly. a lip. Exactly. <laughs> good Lord can call me home if it means I'm going to lay with my wife. Yeah. So is your is your basically your philosophy that you'll either be able to uh, get excited of your own volition or die trying? Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm gonna die. I want a smile on my face. <laughs> a man with a credo. That's mm-hmm. that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And then, as I said, Rose enters at this point, uh, asking them how their date was, and Blanche angrily states that it isn't over yet. Uh, Rose kind of just plops into a chair. Blanche says, you know. She doesn't want to sound uh, insensitive, but the fact that Rose can't sleep isn't her problem. Yeah. Rose kind of responds plainly, well, Blanche, that does seem a little insensitive. <laughs> yeah. and she had like I thought that was one of the greatest like deliveries of the, the episode. Yeah, you mean Rose's response to yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, hers, you know, I think it was what, I don't want to seem insensitive, but that's your problem, now get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like, well. 
Yeah, that is a little Rose, name. I think that was Rose's best line of the episode. At I least. think maybe so. I think she's about thirty seconds away from her best line. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Blanche struggles to uh, get Rose back to her bedroom and simultaneously get Ted to stay uh, while he's clearly trying to leave. Mm-hmm. In the last ditch attempt uh, at seduction, she sits in Ted's lap and thanks him for a quote lovely evening. Just then, Sophia now enters and says, "Oh, I guess he bought dinner." <laughs> Yeah, well, I do think you're skipping over maybe the his, line that Brent loved, line, yeah. um, where Blanche suggests to her that she uh, count sheep, <laughs> and then oh, well, I know where you're going with this. I think yeah. Go for it. So you know, she's like, I can't sleep. She's like, try counting sheep. He's like, I can't count sheep. I'm allergic to wool. Yeah. You know, I go to 23 and I break out in hives, um, and that's when I start counting members of the Jackson family. You know, Michael, Janet, Latoya, Tito, and then there's Stonewall Jackson, but I don't remember him on the victory tour. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so that brings it full circle. It does. It does. That was my favorite line. <laughs> so you think three years ago, prior to this episode airing, she was there at the concert yeah, on exactly. their victory tour? Exactly. the victory tour hit miami and she went down and checked it out didn't see stonewall on the stage (laughs) he was backstage he was Uh was, does lighting exactly um stage direction yeah so (laughs) just sort of a fun fact about the about the victory tour and how you know it indirectly led to a you know a human trafficking scourge (laughs) so um so the victory tour uh was the jackson fives with michael you know, and it was the last full-blown tour. But um, so Chuck and Billy Sullivan, who were big football guys, uh, were putting it on. And they were big into football and owned a stadium and a football team and everything. Oh, okay. And so they were like, well, we know all the, you know, other owners of football stadiums. So we'll be able to get the stadiums for a discounted rate and then pocket the difference. And so that was their logic. But then with all the agreements that they made with, like, you know, Michael Jackson and his demands for how the stage would be set up and everything, um, it went overboard. And so even though the tour was hugely successful, everybody made money off of it except for, you know, Chuck and Billy Sullivan. Wow, that's (laughs) ironic, isn't it? Yeah, who ended up, like, they broke even as far as, like, their expenses for the actual tour go. Uh, but where they got into financial difficulty was all the attorney fees negotiating the contracts oh, around geez. the country. <laughs> and so as a result of that, um, they had to sell uh, Foxborough Stadium to Robert Kraft. Oh. And then a few years, um, and then they also had to sell the Patriots, not to Robert Kraft, but he ended up with it a few years later. Mm, okay. And then, so after, obviously after Robert Kraft was able to, you know, own Foxborough Stadium and the New England Patriots or whatever, he was able to subsidize human trafficking. <laughs> Good for him. Well, that yeah. was a long road to find out how the. <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan of the Patriots at all, yeah. or Robert Kraft in general. <laughs> but that may be a skosh unfair. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not often we find a way to badmouth Robert Kraft on this podcast. So if I have to take the long way to get there, I think it was more entertaining. <laughs> Honestly, well, the life. funny thing, too, to me, though, is that you barely have a horse in the game anyway. Like, I guess you're probably a fan of the Colts and that they're the team that plays here, so why not? <laughs> but I would, you know, imagine the last time you watched a Colts game was that Monday night football game 30-some years ago that you went to with your dad. I think it was that Super Bowl I watched with you. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You were over there for that, and... Uh, I believe also the the AFC mm-hmm. Championship game um, as well. So, because yeah. yeah, you were living with us at that yeah. time. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
So you saw some Colts there for yeah. our championship run. Yeah. And then you're like, you know what? I've seen them at the peak. Time to be done. I'll check out. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, folks. Exactly. Right, so how's old Peyton Manning doing nowadays? Still throwing touchdown passes? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, I still, though, appreciate I appreciate your effort to take jabs at Robert Kraft. <laughs> like you said, you had to take the long road, but it was a good payoff at the end. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't be for a nicer guy. No, <laughs> certainly not. But uh, at this point, we find ourselves. Uh, so Blanche is basically in Ted's lap, right? And uh, she is just kind of trying to basically throw herself at him to get him to stay. When uh, Sophia walks in and says, "I guess he bought dinner," obviously frustrated by yet another intruder, uh, Blanche questions why Sophia is in the room. She tells him that she uh, to ignore her, that she's just there to see to watch uh, the best of Carson. Uh, Blanche asks her, you know, in here? You have to be in here? Sophia says, no, Blanche, in Hollywood. But they pipe it through these little wires. It comes out here, <laughs> which I thought was another great Sophia line. Mm-hmm. Ted gently removes Blanche at this point from his lap and says, you know, thanks for everything. And he starts heading towards the door. Sophia's still on fire, retorts, why? You didn't get everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sophia just keeps on knocking them out. Uh, Blanche, you know, smacks her arm, though, and Ted gives a slight smirk at the comment before exiting. Blanche sits back on the couch with a bit of a huff as uh, Ted walks away from the door. Uh, door you know, he's wa- the door's closed. He's walking away towards his car, I guess. And when Dorothy arrives home and asks how his date went with Blanche, uh, he responds to her that uh, he remembers dating when the man made all the moves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess, you know, Blanche's forward uh, approach didn't really sit with him. Dorothy asked cleverly, you know, well, how many men have you dated? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was her her best single line, but she has a, another, I don't know, longer um, series coming up here that I enjoyed even more, but that was a, a, one of Dorothy's best well, if moments. If I skip over it, you stop me. Yeah, I certainly will. Then she explains that you know, her evening was full of uh, somewhat tedious parent-teacher conferences. Uh, despite the late hour, though, Ted invites her uh, out for a drink, and she gladly accepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we change scenes. We see the girls in the Sophia's in the kitchen pouring a glass of milk uh, when Rose comes in and announces that for the fourth night in a row now she's been unable to sleep. Sophia t- toots back that uh, she hasn't had a decent night's sleep since she was seventy. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I guess, saying you know, don't complain. Yeah, at least, yeah. If you, once you get to a decade, then you can start to bitch about it. <laughs> Till then, mm-hmm. spread uh, Ro- and bear it. Rose admits that uh, she shouldn't complain though, you know, and she cites a woman uh, from Saint Olaf that stayed awake for seventeen days straight. Uh, to win a rocking chair marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she was uh, supported by her family and kept awake by her uh, husband and his cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been a really great prize that she was going to get at the end of this so. rocking chair contest. Probably just a new cattle prod. Yeah, why is it a new rocking chair? Rocking chair supremacy. <laughs> so. you, you get to keep the chair, right? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys ever do a rockathon? No, I don't believe so. Um, by a rockathon, do you mean... Uh, watching the rock wrestling matches i mean uh, like dick clark or new year's eve oh okay <laughs> <laughs> just non-stop <laughs> no no i never watched the entire uh an entire thing of that now no um so like a rockathon is something like for charity or whatever okay and you get pledges or whatever and then you stay in a rocking chair for oh. however many hours and never then, even heard of such a thing yeah and the people are like oh i'll give you a dollar an hour it's like oh well i rocked for eight hours so you owe me eight dollars <laughs> you know when did you do a rockathon was that something your school did or something uh church i was attending when i was oh. a lad so. Wow. 
That must have been a real low-key church. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was. It was. Um, so, anywho. Did you guys have, like, a big, uh, you know, I don't know, pledge drives where you played this quiet game? <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, and it was also, like, it's from, like, the kid's perspective. It was also sort of like a lock-in type thing. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, oh, you get to stay overnight in um, the, the youth building or whatever. Um, Just rocking the night away. <laughs> yeah, in rocking chairs or whatever. Um but then, like, you know, we put our rocking chairs, you know, at the end of the ping pong tables and play ping pong while we were rocking in our chairs and mm. everything like that. So that was a fun way to spend the evening. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, it seems yeah. like it'd be a fun enough way to spend mm-hmm. an evening. Yeah. Um, and as an adult, I mean, just spending an evening in a rocking chair, as long as it's a comfortable one, wouldn't be too bad. Agreed. So. You one of but, those, like, reclining rockers? Yeah. Well, I mean, we need see, to have yeah. a padded seat for sure. Yeah. Because that'd be a long time to be, like, in a hard wooden rocking chair. Agreed. Yeah. And see, that's the way mine was, is, like, one of the padded ones. Oh, so, yeah. you know. And so then I show up at the Rockathon, and everybody else has, like, an old school, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were, like, the envy then. Like, they're, it, like, well, gosh dang, Brent. <laughs> until, you know, I saw them, you know, hauling around their eight-pound rocking chair, and I had my 50-pound <laughs> rocking chair. <laughs> like, you want to play ping pong? Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and like the uh like the youth director was like hardcore about it it's like well you took 37 seconds off moving your chair from there to here so make sure you deduct it from your final time because you know wow the people pledge you know a dollar an hour you didn't get a full hour out of that so you only get 98 cents for that exactly. hour. it even worse if you had to start over like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only consecutive only consecutive hours now, did, were you allowed to bring like a you know like a bedpan with you or anything so that you wouldn't have to lose time going to the restroom? Nope. Anytime you anytime you spent crapping was, was time that God did not earn money. Could be like uh, Homer's uh, recliner, right? With you mean like with all toilet? In? Yeah. I bet you'd re- really been the envy of your friends if you had a built-in in the right <laughs> chair. Exactly. So. Anyways, but yeah, where are we at, Ski? Oh. So Sophia or Rose was talking about uh, her uh, friend in Saint Olaf. Well, not friend, but like this lady. Seventeen days. Yeah, uh, and how she was kept awake by the cattle prod. At this point, Sophia hands her a glass of milk, uh, well, a glass, and Rose, you know, you know, says that it looks like just milk, but uh, Sophia says it's a sleeping potion that she uh, got from the old country, and she said she needs to go just drink it slowly. Uh, as I said, Rose just says it looks like milk because it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Sophia gets up and moves behind Rose and grabs a pan out of uh, like a cupboard right. <laughs> and uh, kind of positions herself to knock Rose on the head. They sound fucking brain Rose yeah. to get her <laughs> to fall asleep. She oh. tells Rose that she might feel a slight tingling from the drink. <laughs> and uh, Rose takes a sip and says she doesn't feel anything. And, you know, she asks, well, when's it going to hit me? <laughs> Very apropos. As Sophia raises the pan, Blanche walks in and stops her. Mm. At that point, Stan walks in the kitchen through the back and asks, you know, greets the girls, but warns them that, you know, the way they leave the back door unlocked, quote, any idiot could walk in here. Sophia pipes right back, any idiot did. (laughs) Yeah. Which is my favorite line of the show. Yeah, it was a really good one. (laughs) Well, then she follows it up with another good one, too. Uh, I can't remember if it was Stan or was it Sophia, or I mean, Rose, that says, I can play dumb. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going, yeah. So Stan turns to Blanche and starts insinuating, you know, clumsily that Blanche and his brother have spent the night together. Uh, she seems, you know, a bit confused because clearly he didn't stay. And nothing happened between the two of them uh, besides 
potentially an awkward good night. Right. Uh, Stan figures that Blanche is trying to be modest, though, or kind of just not tell everybody that he spent the night. So he plays. He says he can quote play dumb. Sophia, you know, still on fire, says play. You could manage the team. Yeah. Every one of her one-liners was a hit in this I one. I think so too. Uh, Stan continues and asks if you know Ted is still sleeping or maybe he's in the shower. And Blanche kind of reiterates that you know he's not there and he did not spend the night. Stan then gets more serious, telling them that you know. He never came home and that he hadn't called and that's not like him. He then heads toward the door talking about, you know, all the bad things. Oh, sorry. All the bad things that may have happened to him. You know, like he may have been mugged or something. Right. When Stan opens the front door, though, he sees Ted and Dorothy in the entryway in an embrace. It looks kind of like they're kissing, but I don't know if they ever say for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it, they're obviously close enough. They could be kissing, but. Or a very tight hug. Yeah, but you're not seeing their faces specifically attached to each other. Right. So. But uh, Stan turns to the other girls and said, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> Blanche and Sophia, of course, are quite surprised by what they're seeing. Uh, we change scene again. We're just, it's probably a commercial break because we're in the same spot. Right. Uh, Stan angrily yells, you know, he can't believe you're so desperate that you stoop to this. Dorothy kind of yells back at him that he, she, he can't talk to her that way. And he explains that he wasn't. He was talking to Ted. <laughs> Uh, he then tells Ted that it's time to head home, but Ted stands up to his brother saying that he's a grown man and he'll leave when he's ready, but then immediately backs down saying that, okay, he's ready. Yeah. Uh, he turns to Dorothy and says that you know he'll call her later, uh, then follows Stan out the door. Blance tells Dorothy that uh, she owes her a bit of an explanation, and uh, when Dorothy starts to speak, Blanche gets frustrated and flustered and storms away saying that, oh, I don't have to listen to this. Yeah. So uh, Dorothy then goes to follow her, but uh, stops briefly and tells her mother not to give her that look, and that she and Ted, uh, you know, only spoke last night and she didn't do anything wrong. Sophia says, "Right," and the Godfather made all of his money from selling olive oil. <laughs> uh, Dorothy then proceeds into the kitchen uh, and sits down at the table uh, right next to an upset Blanche and a strung out Rose. Uh, <laughs> she tells Blanche that uh, she tells Blanche that. If there was anything truly going on between her and Ted, you know, that she uh, would not have, you know, gone out with him. Rose says to Blanche, you know, oh, Blanche went out with Ted. And confused and uh, tired, she uh, says, uh, Dorothy must have slept with someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was good. You know, honestly, that seems like a, a line that Rose would do even if she was at her, you know, had her full eight hours. Right, right. Uh, Blanche <laughs> then tries to uh, taunt Dorothy by implying that, you know, no man would choose her choose Dorothy over her. Mm -hmm. uh, but Dorothy tries her best not to get suckered into a fight. Of course, it still devolves into a bit of a name-calling match, culminating in a variety. Uh, Dorothy starts spurting out military-based insults, basically calling Blanche a slut. Yeah, yeah, that was... That, was, I guess, was my favorite Dorothy, I don't know, moment or scene. Did you of write the down by chance? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. She says, you know, like you said, after being goaded finally into, <laughs> into making a comeback, she says... Join the Navy, see the world, sleep with Blanche Devereaux. Join the Army, be all you can be, and sleep with Blanche Devereaux. The Marines for looking for a few good men who have not slept with Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> um, yeah, her delivery for it was great. Uh, and it's not real often they get you know like an entire paragraph to say in right? a row. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was probably my favorite overall Dorothy moment, although the very individual line of, 
you know, how many men of you dated was, was my favorite individual line of Dorothy's in this episode. <laughs> uh, Rose though jumps in and trying to uh, make peace between the two, but is, you know, quite late in her attempt. Right. Uh, Blanche again storms away in a huff at this point. Uh, Dorothy says, you know, Blanche can't stand to see other people happy. And Rose, you know, says she'll go ahead and brew some tea to calm her down. Dorothy says she doesn't want any, but then sees the tea container that Rose has and uh, asks Rose if she's been drinking much of that lately. Rose says, yeah, oh, no, only when, you know, at night when I'm trying to sleep. Dorothy tells her that uh, it's loaded with caffeine and is likely what's been keeping her awake the past few days. Rose, uh, confused, you know, she says, you know, we need it to. Uh, they said we need caffeine, especially women our age, or our bones will get brittle and we'll walk all stooped over. <laughs> And then, you know, Dorothy obviously corrects her saying that you're confusing it with caffeine, with uh, calcium. <laughs> right. Rose is happy to hear that, you know, laying off the tea may actually help her sleep. And Dorothy says, you may even blink again. <laughs> Rose insists that she needs to get to work, though. Dorothy tries to convince her to call off and get some rest. And that, you know, she may not even be any use to the people at uh, the clinic anyway. Rose argues, though, that, you know, she'll very least still just be there. Uh, for the grief-stricken patients to listen to, and that many of them hear voices anyway, and she'll just tell them that uh, one of those voices is hers. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a, a solid line of roses. We flash forward. Dorothy and Ted are out dancing now mm -hmm. uh, to some slow music in like a dance hall area. Uh, reminiscing, though, about when they were younger and had uh, gone on a double date together, uh, Dorothy with Stan and Ted with a girl named Lois. Uh, they later went out for malts, and Stan uh, did a walrus impression with sticking straws up his nose. Uh, Dorothy tells him that Stan now uses breadsticks. <laughs> yeah, I guess his nose has grown with age. I guess. <laughs> Either small breadsticks or very large nostrils, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe a combo of the two. Yeah, somewhere in between there. Mm -hmm. uh, Ted confesses that he used to have a big crush on Dorothy and says that uh, he has an important question to ask her. But just then, uh, t Stan taps uh, Ted's shoulder and asks if he can cut in. Ted excuses himself to the table, saying, yeah, we got all night. Uh, when Stan tries to dance with Dorothy, though, she stands uh, very stiff, and Stan tells her that it reminds him of uh, their wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says that she doesn't want to, you know, dance with him. He steps back and tells her that uh, he's afraid Ted is going to propose, based on the fact that he booked a trip that's very, very similar to when he proposed to his ex-wife. Uh, Dorothy tells him that he's being ridiculous, he's jumping to conclusions, and quite frankly, it's not his business. Uh, she turns and uh, walks back to the table. Stan follows her, though, and tells Ted that, you know, he you know, told Dorothy about the trip to Acapulco. And uh, Ted admits that, yeah, he did schedule a trip to Acapulco. And uh, he tells Dorothy that he hopes she says yes uh, to joining him. Uh, Stan, you know, proceeds to sandbag Dorothy at this point, pointing out a bunch of her flaws, like she snores real loud, and that uh, Ted is wealthy and he can get lots of gorgeous women. Uh, Ted calls out Stan for being a bit rude, which mm -hmm. is definitely the case, and Dorothy agrees that he's not been very polite. Stan claims that uh, Ted has always looked up and uh, envied his big brother, and that's why he wants to marry Dorothy. Ted, however, you know, kind of looks surprised and shocked by this statement. He says... He corrects Stan, says that he uh, does not want to marry Dorothy, and he met a beautiful stewardess on his flight out to Miami and invited her to Acapulco. <laughs> and she could only go, though, if uh, he found a sitter for her two kids, 
which seems like an odd thing to ask a stranger to do. Mm. But I guess if you're asking a stranger to go on a trip, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dorothy was uh, meant to be that sitter, of course. She sits uh, next next to him in disbelief, <clears throat> thinking about uh, all the general that he obviously generally had uh, feelings for her, is what she believed. Stan and Ted have uh, a bit of a bro celebration with fist bumps. Uh, celebrating the uh, meaning of a stewardess, I guess. Yeah, apparently a family uh, tradition. Right, right. Uh, Stan, uh, proud of his uh, little brother. Ted says he, uh, he picked up a few tricks from, quote, the master. Dorothy tries to make sense of the past two days, and Ted explains that their time together was very special, but that's all it was. Dorothy replies in a sweet voice that it was a special hurt as well, and that uh, she'll keep his very personal secret between them. He thanks her as he uh, as she gets up and excuses herself from the table. She then walks directly over to a greeter's podium and asks to borrow the microphone. It kind of just commandeers it, really. Yeah. And then announces to the entire dance hall that uh, Ted is impotent, pointing him out directly with what he's wearing and everything. And then uh, Ted and Stan are just left embarrassed sitting alone as she exits. Yeah. yeah I think uh, she says, the gentleman in the blue suit at table five is impotent. Um, <laughs> And then walks out, which she's like, "Boner appetite." <laughs> right. It reminded me of this. Uh, I don't know. I had a of this friend Chris who we were close friends for a, for a little while. Even lived with us for a little while. Um, then we had a falling out. But at one point, he and I and Sherry and were all together. What's that? And you traded? Oh, up. oh, by far. <laughs> I mean, it would, that'd be like if I was trading. I don't know. Uh, myself or michael jordan that's the comparison between chris and you uh it it is a huge trade-up and oddly enough chris all of my close friends besides you are former high school and grade Uh school actually friends whereas uh chris was the last non-high school grade school Mm -hmm. friend that i had prior to you so i I have room for one in my life and and right now you 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 will likely fill that role until death do us part (laughs) until the blood pressure kills me right Right. (laughs) but at least i'll know that you lived another fine call the way you wanted to exactly Uh, or at least hopefully so but we're at olive garden so me and him and share at olive garden together um and the person who Bread was waiting. Bread sticks in the nose? What's that? Bread sticks in the nose? Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and Chris, he was a, a good guy until our falling out. Um, but You guys he, did have some good time together. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Chris, but he was a bit dull. Um, uh-huh. And he was smart in some ways, but he was, I don't know, gullible maybe would be a better term, but a little bit, uh, a little dull. <laughs> and the waiter had a bit of an accent, like, but it, it was sounded like a, a European accent, possibly mm-hmm. an Italian accent, yeah. which I didn't know if it was a genuine accent. Again, this is yeah. Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> this is, <laughs> right. This isn't any kind of a, a fine Italian restaurant. Uh-huh. And he walked away, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably over there. He's like, yeah, I got these mooks over here at table 34. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are we really at table 34? <laughs> I was like, that's not the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, when she mentioned that he was at table five, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just imagine Stan being like, "Are we really at table five? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it called a greeters st- greeters stand before. I, I didn't know what to call it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was that like an announcer? I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know the podium maybe, yeah. but um, the host. Yeah. Well, because he, the, I think he, right before she walked over there, he like called something mm-hmm. to the one of the tables or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I always call it like hostess stand. But yeah, that'd probably be a better term he's for not it. a hostess. So yeah, so you'd just be a host, so the yeah. host stand. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. I think the host stands where the priest uh, yeah, gives out the exactly. So I don't know what you call it. Body of standing there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now we're, we're on to our last scene, correct? Yes. 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 We're back at home. Uh, Rose is finally trying to get some sleep. Uh, caffeine-free sleep, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, uh, Blanche comes in and tells her that she needs to talk and declares mm-hmm. how concerned she is that uh, she's offended Dorothy and that she'll never be able to face her after the tussle they had, which seems silly to me. They've been down this road several times. Yeah, and typically yeah. man-related. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know, they did the same thing. Not the same thing at all, really. But like <laughs> <laughs> when they were working at the museum together. Mm-hmm. And then there was the party, and or like she was getting an award. Yeah, Blanche was, and they've definitely had times where they have like really treated each other like shit for a yeah. while, and they've managed to come back from yeah. those each time. Yeah, a lot of times, well, a lot, several times though. I guess they've even had some uh, similar back and forths where they mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. each other names and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was some like tramp hussy or something like that going yeah. back and forth. A lot of slut shaming going on amongst them. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Blanche Blanche gets a good deal of that. I don't think any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did like uh, during that heart to heart that she was having with Rose. <laughs> Rose had a great line where she said, uh, "You're not a bad. You're not a terrible person. You're just horny all the time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who amongst us isn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Ted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can still be. He just, he just can't bring can't, it to fruition. Can't follow through on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, Blanche goes into her bath bedroom while she's trying to sleep finally and implores Rose to give her opinion. But Rose is too tired and punch drunk to give any real feedback. But as you said, you know, finally Rose kind of says that you're not a bad person, you're just horny all the time. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, is there more to it? Or? No. <laughs> I think he's just reiterating that it was funny. Yeah, it was funny. I agree. <laughs> At this point, there's a knocking on the door and Rose... Uh, oh, Dorothy here is Mr. Roper. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's funny that like we can hear as Dorothy knocking on the door, yeah. we can hear her fine. Yeah, but she can't hear Blanche talking to Rose seconds before. Yeah, and did you get Brent's joke there? No, it was Mr. Mr. Roper. Roper yeah. yeah, come and knock on our door. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't get that. So you didn't get his joke. <laughs> I got that it was Mr. Roper, oh. uh, but I, I thought he meant, like, did I hear him say that? <laughs> oh, like, just did I hear his joke, not did you understand his joke? Yeah, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard him say words. I did not realize it was a joke until he said it was. <laughs> like, I thought he just was confused at who it was at the door. <laughs> well, I thought my interpretation was a similar like issue because Mr. Roper would off, often knock on the door while yes. shenanigans were going on inside he and you could hear him yeah. but he couldn't hear inside for some yeah. reason so yeah, I thought that was the parallel sorry yeah. that's no. fine yours was deeper than my your... no yours was a deeper cut <laughs> Prince was a little more surface with the theme song but... well I didn't get the theme that, uh, I like his better I'll just say that okay. <laughs> But uh, there's a knock on the door, Mr. Roper. And uh, <laughs> Dorothy What's, asks if she can come in. What's, how's the line go? Come, come and knock on, on my door. door. <laughs> uh, I'm so dope. They call me Mr. Roper when the troubles arise. You know, I'm the cool coper. Hmm. So. so is that a Beastie Boys yeah. line? Okay. Yeah. I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> you did. 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Should have known, and I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you figured it out. That's true. You deduced. Yeah. I should have. I should have known it immediately. I shouldn't need to ask. Um, although I guess I could ask, what song is it from? It is from. I want to say, "Hey, ladies," but okay. I could be off. All right. Well, fair enough. Maybe it is. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, we can with confidence say it was the Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy is knocking on the door and asks to come in. Blanche hears uh, this and runs to hide behind the curtains. Dorothy then comes in and uh, also bothers poor Rose trying mm-hmm. to sleep, uh, confessing that you know Ted was apparently a jerk. You know how upset she is that she allowed a man to come between her and Blanche again. Yeah. Uh, worried that you know she'll never forgive her, which again I think is a bit silly because they've been down this road. Uh, Blanche comes over though, after behind the curvis and says, "I forgive you," and explains that she was hiding behind the the drapes. Dorothy responds, "What is this, Hamlet?" <laughs> uh, Dorothy continues to apologize, and Blanche expounds on why she was so upset. Uh, she tells Dorothy that you know she threw herself at Ted, but he rejected her. And she says, she's not like you, Dorothy. I'm not used to that type of humiliation. (laughs) Uh, Blanche uh, confesses also that she has a fragile ego. And Dorothy says, oh, it'll be our little secret. Sophia then, uh, I assume and heard the commotion, joins the girls in the uh, room holding a glass of, uh, this time, real Sicilian sleeping potion that she had uh, been cooking up. Blanche tells Rose uh, is already asleep at this point, so that she doesn't need a sleeping potion. Dorothy scoffs at the idea uh, of a sleeping potion altogether, but Sophia insists that the potion really does work and tells her to take a sip. Uh, Dorothy does, you know, she takes it and drinks a little bit and hands it back to uh, Blanche and then immediately falls down on the bed. (laughs) Sophia is astounded at how quickly it works and says that she'll have to go remember, you know, all the ingredients of what she put in this thing. Yeah. Uh, Rushing out of the room, uh, when, uh, when she's out, though, Dorothy immediately stands back up and comments about, how little it takes to make her mom happy now. She and Blanche kind of hug and say goodnight. And then Dorothy begins to say goodnight to Rose also, but uh, before even finishing her sentence, collapses to the floor, mm-hmm. assumedly asleep. Uh, Blanche tries to uh, walk over and wake her up, but uh, she can't get her up. And that's how we end. Mm-hmm. And it was three-minute rule. Three-minute rule. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So now, that, now I'll have to correct that in the post. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so we had three guest stars in that episode. Um, Stan, of course, Herb Edelman, uh, making another appearance. I would say that out of all the Stan episodes so far, it'd be his least offensive. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know that last episode he was in, Ski and I both gave him a little credit for being a halfway decent dad, and you yeah. then pointed out that he was uh, discussing his daughter possibly not yeah. not putting out enough, and that being the problem, and yeah. brought us. Yeah, that definitely isn't. Yeah, brought it back down. This one, I don't think there was anything too terrible, um, stand-wise. Uh, he actually even tried to warn her, that, uh, Dorothy, that he was afraid he was going to propose. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if he was really warning her because he was afraid for Dorothy. Or, or his own. He just didn't want his brother to, to marry Dorothy. But He did also like give his brother high fives about the... Uh, the yeah, the, the stewardess. Yeah. Um, and then the maitre d' was played by uh, Brad Trumball. This is his first of two episodes. Uh, and the next episode he's in is also as maitre d'. Nice. I wonder if it's going to be at the exact same restaurant uh, next time around. It is. I to think so. Yeah, he, he has 76 titles to his name, but nothing of real significance. And then our big guest star of the episode, Ted um, McLean Hello, Stevenson. Yeah. 
And uh, it's 94 titles, his name, but a couple of big ones. Uh, 49 episodes of the Doris Day Show. Probably most famous for his 72 episodes of MASH as yep. Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. That's definitely how I knew him. Yeah. And he's so in. We're two episodes in a row now with MASH characters. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And then uh, I about it, yeah. 12 episodes of the uh, McLean Stevenson Show as Mac Ferguson. Yeah. I thought it was odd that uh, he was in the McLean Stevenson Show, but he was Mac Ferguson in that show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, three episodes of Different Strokes and 38 episodes of Hello, Larry. Uh-huh. And it was a weird crossover between the two. People thought that it was a um, spinoff, but it wasn't actually a spinoff. It was like retconned into <laughs> it. They like started the Hello, Larry show and then uh, worked it in that he <laughs> and Mr. Drummond had been like old army buddies together. Oh, nice. And he went on to become a DJ of some sort. Okay. Whereas, you know, of course, Mr. Drummond went on to become super rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did. And I guess that that show, they, they tried retooling the uh, Hello, Larry show. It was initially was sounded a lot like a Frasier type show uh-huh. where he was a divorcee who had moved to a new city and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, started off his, uh, I don't know if it was starting off or moved stations or whatever but you know was doing this uh, radio call-in show that mm-hmm. i think he was a therapist of some sort also wow that does sound uh, like but then the second season they started making it a lot less based around uh the the practice or mm-hmm. the the tv or the radio show and a lot more about his family like the daughters that he had with them mm-hmm. even so much so that i think they changed one of the lyrics in the opening uh <laughs> theme song to take it from one direction to another but still it didn't catch on so but plenty of success in his uh Did he sing the uh, opening to this show, though? I do not think he did. Um, no tossed salad or scrambled eggs? I can say with a fair amount of certainty that that <laughs> was not part of it. <laughs> See, that's where it didn't succeed, then. Yeah. That, do you think that was what the Frasier's basis of success oh, was? Oh, yeah, totally. I heard they're rebooting <laughs> Frasier yeah. with, uh, I don't know if it's rebooting exactly or yeah. just restarting, I guess. Yeah. Um, like well, two things as far as that goes. Like I think it'd be odd if he did sing his own theme song because he's like, "Hello, Larry. Hey, that's me." <laughs> so and yeah, as far as the I kind of like that idea actually. Now that you say it, well, but it seems like it's clever in its own right. <laughs> So, in your mind, would him be singing the theme song to his radio show? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I thought he was singing the theme song to the TV show, Hello, Larry. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's what I assume. (laughs) But I don't think there's ever a part in that tossed salad and scrambled eggs where Frasier starts singing about Frasier. (laughs) (laughs) The show is called Hello, Larry, and Mm -hmm. he is Larry. Right. So, like, don't you think it'd be odd he'd be singing about himself in the third person? Yeah, I suppose so. Unless it was just a complete non sequitur kind of uh, <laughs> yeah because yeah, Frazier's theme song doesn't say anything about Frazier yeah, I, so. I guess you're right you know it's like I walk into the room and people are like hello Larry <laughs> <laughs> so I think we just we uh, killed that we, one did we <laughs> no no not at all um, I think we brought it to its natural conclusion yeah. um, so uh, I think we all discussed our favorite lines mm-hmm. who got the MVP for you on this one Ski I, I give it to Sophia for all her great zingers. Yeah, I, I thought my favorite part of the episode was uh, was Dorothy's little uh, military, uh, you know, comparisons with Blanche. But I don't know. Like I said, Sophia wasn't a huge part of the episode, but every line I felt like she had was a good mm-hmm. one. So yeah. Sophia got it for me also. 
I, I give it to Rose. Oh, to Rose. I thought yeah. you were going to give it to Ted for turning into a womanizer at the end. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I gave it to Rose for, you know, speaking truth to power on Robert Kraft. Oh. <laughs> I'll there you it. go. <laughs> it's like now I'm trying to really remember again. <laughs> oh, that's right, because she mentioned the Jackson 5's tour the Victor and Stonewall tour. Jackson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that was her roundabout way of calling out Robert Kraft 30 years later getting a handy and a <laughs> <laughs> yep okay well i'm glad that uh she your principles <laughs> were met uh, exactly. at least betty white was still alive to see it too yeah exactly so this whole time has been leading <laughs> up to this she point knew. <laughs> exactly so she, she probably ad-libbed that line it was going to be something totally different but she knew that exactly. in order to set these things <laughs> was, in motion it was originally going to be some gary hart reference yeah <laughs> he's like no i'm not going back to that well yeah again. We, we've already called him out but yeah. there's another guy coming down the pipe <laughs> exactly have we done fawn hall lately <laughs> <laughs> so ski how many uh, slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you you know i watched it again and i think i liked it more than the, the last time i watched it I initially had written down that I had given it a five. I think I'm going to bump it up to six. Six. But the reason I gave it a five initially is because I was a little disappointed that Ted turned out to be a bit of a skis also. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like it really petered out to me. Like, I felt like it was a good buildup. Um, and like I said, I thought there was a lot of good lines. It's getting a little bit um, tired, the conflict between her and Blanche. That seems to be yeah. a... a recurring theme on the show through three know. seasons i feel like they've had knockdown drag out fights like five or six times already you think they need to adopt like a sisters before misters policy yeah i would say so for sure um i also thought it was a little insensitive to when talking to rose referring to blanche as her best friend yeah uh, yeah you know, i caught that feels too. like they should i be, think they've done that before yeah like a few times now like granted they were roommates What's that? Like Rose is yeah. a second class citizen. Yeah, and I don't think that they were roommates that long before Rose came in. I got the impression that it was, you know. Well, I think the, the clock started over when Rose moved back. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so she lost all her seniority at that point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, then I guess if, if it's like, hey, you moved out, you start from ground zero. Exactly. exactly. We barely know you now. Exactly. <laughs> Sophia moves up a spot. Right. <laughs> You're at the bottom. Which means you got to do dishes. Maybe they just see each other as uh, more uh, intellectual equals, mm -hmm. and Rose is lagging behind. So they're like, well, well, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. You're a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, though, I, I went with a five point five, which I watched it a second yeah. time also, and and I felt the same way both times around. Um, how about you, Brent? Where? Yeah, five point five as so. well. So. so yeah, above average, solid episode for sure, mm -hmm. but uh, not going to be competing there at the end. Yeah. They had a chance. Had I feel like had they, I don't want to say cast Ted better um, because maybe wrote Ted's part better. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they had was... a good actor. It's just I don't know. He was a bland character in it, yeah. um, and then at the end turns to be skeezy. Yeah, it's like why did he turn on a dime? Why wasn't he like I don't know going after Dorothy or Blanche or like if he's willing to go through all that trouble for this stewardess, you think he'd be like, well, any port in the storm, I'm right? Gonna... Or at the very least that he wouldn't have acted like, oh, you know, I just. Uh, you know, I'm not used to these situations where the woman is sexually aggressive. Uh -huh. uh, it would have almost been better had he, you know, maybe in a sly way indicated that he wasn't interested in Blanche because of her, you know. Being elderly. Yeah, something like well, that. And we don't ever see that indication in, until that line. Right, yeah, it's the very like, end. Like, directly before he talks about the stewardess, he calls out Stan for being rude. Yeah. 
and defending Dorothy's honor. Right. Right before insulting Dorothy, saying, oh, you mind coming along being a babysitter to this chick I met? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this was M. Night Shyamalan's uh, first uh, <laughs> foray into TV writing, but <laughs> with the twist ending. Um but yeah, you anyway. would have been pretty young, so yeah, I bet it would be this first. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I said, I enjoyed the show, the episode for sure. It just, had they written Larry's part a little bit better, I think it could have been a contender because of all the great Sophia lines. And, yeah, I, that's why uh, I actually bumped up to a six is because I thought like a lot of the one-liners and comebacks were really good. Yeah, but two five and a halfs and a six, that's uh, <laughs> an episode well spent, I'd say. So, I don't know, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.